We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The first set of Rotowire Roundtable rankings is up, and we are back on the Friday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're sponsored by Fantrax the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports and underdog fantasy, home of the biggest best ball contests in the industry. I'm Clay Link of Rotowire here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. Great to be back with you, Todd. I know you've been doing your thing over on MLB Network Radio, but great to be back on the podcast with you. How are you doing, man? I am doing well, my friend, and it won't be long before I'm back on Sunday with Jeff on the on the on our on our weekend show on Sirius, so I'm looking nice. forward to that. Yeah, no, that's going to be fun. And uh, actually, I think we start. I, I feel in. Uh, I feel in a, a Sunday early, a week from a week from this coming Sunday. I start. I'm working with Jim Coventry for a couple of weeks, and then we'll get together with Jeff. But doing well, busy with some Tout Wars preparation, which it's it's going very very well. Happy to say, I'm pretty sure we have our party destination. All hammered out. We'll be sending out a note, knock on wood, sometime by the middle of next week. And so there will be a Tout Wars party. It may take the entire party to announce the winners that have been missed. You know, the uh, but uh, we are very much looking forward to Tout Wars weekend. Same, man. Always great. Although I haven't been back to New York for the actual get-together in a while. and None of us have. Yeah, and it has been, what? Jesus, three 2019 was the last one. Oh, man, four years ago. Yeah. Well, thanks for all you guys do. And you mentioned Jeff, also part of the Tower Wars committee and board. And uh, he had a really good article up just recently with some input from some of us around the site just about the new rule changes. Real yeah. quick before we get into the roundtable, you playing things any differently this year, Todd? Or is it are the new rules just kind of wait and see on the impact? Um, I, this, it's a little more than wait and see. I've done some work on the scheduling. There's less of an influence as I thought there might be. Um, to me, it's almost, I'm going to see if the room is making huge moves and maybe the, the play is to take advantage of a mistake by the room. If I, if I happen to sense one, the one area I have not 
really looked into myself yet as a whole is the shifting. I think in general, too much is being made of it. Um, a lot of assumptions are being made as far as what would have been a hit, what wouldn't have been a hit if the shift had been there and had not been there. Uh, there are going to be some players, though, that benefit a lot. And those are the ones that I need to – and I, I'm not going to find anybody that's not already talked about. Any power-hitting left-handed batter is going to fit that mold, and left-handed batters that hit ground balls as well. Uh, so that's the one area I haven't looked into yet. Steals, I, I think they're going to go up. And as we've talked about, there's a group at the, at the beginning who aren't going to run regardless and call them the Zolas, right? Then there's another group at the other end. That I don't think they need any help. We'll call them the John Birdies. They're just gonna, you know, they don't they're not gonna run anymore because of the rules. It's that bubble in the middle, and your bubble, those of us on 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 watching on the video can see, you know, I mean I'm making hand gestures. Your bubble may be this, my bubble may be here, and how we at either extreme are we adding on five or ten. Uh, I think that's the key is is the the group that we think will be affected. And I, we all think there will be. Just is it from five to twenty-five? Is it from fifteen to twenty? What group is going to be affected? Um, and the and the uh, the missing link to that is managerial tendencies, right? I think more than ever, what we need to do is watch early. And this is maybe my biggest strategy: is watching what happens early in the season, and seeing which teams seem to be running more, and trying to identify players on those teams to either trade for and or pick up on waivers. Because I think the, t the managerial tendencies is going to be a bigger factor this year than previously. Hmm. Yeah, managerial tendencies on the base path is always a huge factor. And, you know, just whether the guys have a green light or not, and that's, right. that plays a big role. I told Jeff, you know, for my input, that I was kind of in the Joe Sheehan camp of not really expecting the day-to-day -day product to look a whole lot different. I think when we look backwards after the season, we'll be able to see some differences in trends, some more stolen bases on the whole. Games will be shorter. But, you know, from first pitch to final out in the box scores, I'm not expecting the game to look a whole lot different, personally. No. And we would, uh, Andy Andres from uh, Baseball HQ has some experience with the pitch clock, monitoring it. And he actually ran it in the AFL. And he expects maybe a little bit of bumps early, but it won't be long before we don't even know. The pitchers don't even, even Kenley Jansen doesn't even notice it. They'll adjust. They're professionals. They have to. They will make adjustments. So even that will matter. I'm looking. It's only going to happen how many times? I know five times over the course of the season where a good base runner has a good lead. And he throws two – the pitcher tries to pick him up twice and fails. So it's that third one, and it's that cat and mouse game. Can I get an extra step? Then the pitcher has to say, do I have a better chance of picking this guy off? Or does my catcher have a better chance of throwing him out? I think, you know, how many times are you going to see that? Not a lot. But I think it's going to be kind of fun when it does happen. Yeah, I think it's – I think generally the changes are good for the game. But, I, yeah, again, I aside from games being shorter, I don't expect to be all that noticeable – yeah, I mean, and plus, you know, in a one-year sample, certain changes will be diluted by just the, all the other variables in the game. There's so well, that's many. the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not – Well, the, what the, does the shift matter? Well, you look at the numbers. We're not going to know. Is this just dumb variance or was yeah, it real? Exactly. 
Um, and people are looking at, well, it would have been a hit. It would have been a hit. 2012, it was this. Well, the strikeout rate was a lot lower. So you can't just look at batting averages because strikeouts matter. And even though you have to have two two infielders on either side of the keystone, there's still going to be non-conventional positioning, right? Mm-hmm. There's still going to be shading up the middle. So a lot of these, it would have been a hit in 2012 because not only were they not shifting, they weren't moving their players around any at all. There's still going to be maneuvering maneuvering of, of infielders. So you can't just say so-and-so would have gotten, he was robbed of 30 hits, he would have gotten 30 more because 20 of those hits may have gone into the non non-conventional positioning. And you can do whatever you want with the outfield. You know, you can have your left fielder play rover and right and leave left open. I mean, you can do whatever you want with the outfield. So, and I'm not, I, I know, again, that's not going to happen a ton, but I think we're going to see a couple of weird times where when the game's on the line, where it doesn't, you know, where they, if it's an out or the game's over, you're going to see the left fielder move on over to the other side of the diamond. Well, that was well put. And I, I'm glad we touched on that just because, you know, it's been the whole winter and yeah, thought we should uh, at least touch on that before we get too deep into things. And definitely go out and check out Jeff's article on the rule changes. Really good stuff. Input from myself, James, uh, James Anderson, Joe. Todd's, I think you, Todd, right? Yeah, I did. Jason this, and and, and Joe, I think Joe, you mentioned Joe. Joe mentioned a bit. A bit. Right. I mean, it, it's going to matter, but. I don't, I just don't know. Tell me, you know, you know what? Tell me what the ball is going to do. I yeah, I'd rather know that. what the ball is going to be like. <laughs> I care more about that. I mean, the I, I mentioned it on Twitter yesterday in that park factors right now are just wonky. Because mm. in 2019, we had the happy fun ball. And different parks played differently. I mean, it, the, the ball added five or six feet of distance, some parks that mattered and other parks, it didn't. And so, you know, so on, 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 kind of like the stolen bases in some parks, it was gone anyway. In some parks, it wasn't gone. Then there's those ones in the middle that it was, that, that it became a home run park. So even though it's the same park, the, the ball mattered. 2020, throw those away. I know people are not doing that. They're factoring them in. The reason you throw them away is because of the geographical um, schedule in -hmm. that the assumption on the park factor equation is that the the aggregate away games turn out to be neutral for every team. It doesn't – that doesn't happen. But it's close enough – we're talking, you know, from – the Padres compared to the Rays. I mean, different divisions, but, you know, based upon the 81 away games, quality of opponent, quality of parks, it comes close to being neutral. In order for this equation to work, it should be zero or 100 or one, whatever, how you want to look at it, one or 100, whether you've already divided by the 100 or not. So adding in the geographical schedule skewed that. Uh, this year, it's even it's it's it, well. So so 2021, you've got the ball, you've got the you know the the um, the different baseballs and the, the humidors. So those baselines are different. The denominator denominator denominators are different. Um, so I've seen some people say, just use last year. Well. 
to me, there's more variance in one year's worth of numbers than there are in three years worth of flawed numbers. So it's just, it's just, they're wonky. I mean, by the, they're always wonky, but they're more wonky. And I'm kind of a park factor wonk, as it were. Uh, we got to use something. Um, and now, you know, throw in Baltimore. Not So that was last year. Toronto's moving, their, moving the fences, but they're also raising them. So yeah. there's some people that think it's going to actually make it more of a pitcher's park because of the mm-hmm. higher fences. Um, Detroit, right? They're, they're shortening things. And lowering the fence to um, eight 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 feet all around, or seven seven feet, seven feet all around, so that there's going to be more, you know, home. Akia Badu is going to be robbing more home runs, and then uh, City Field is making changes too. So who the heck knows? Yeah, there have been so much, so many variables, you know, in recent years, especially, but. The game's just always like that, and it is really hard to know, you know, how to build your baselines for 2023. It's it's really tough. You know, I'm more of a feel ranker anyway. Yeah. Uh, you more of a hard numbers guy, but and that's why the roundtable is especially helpful. I think you mentioned that at the top of the show. If you're unfamiliar with what the Rotowire roundtable is, I rank 350 players. Todd here ranks 350. Uh, players for the fantasy baseball season. Jeff Erickson ranks 350. And then uh, Eric Halterman ranks 350. And then those are combined into a composite top 300, uh, sorted by median as the, the default. And that really does a good job because it eliminates the two outliers. And then you get the, the median, but you get the middle of the middle, essentially. So it, it strips away a lot of bias. And uh, I noticed in the comments, Todd, people are already saying that you're out on an island on a few guys and that's that's the case every year right and to take it a little step further now i wish i I, this argument would be better well not argument but um just you know discussion point would be better if there are more than four but how this differs from an adp i wrote about this uh, earlier in, in a todd stakes an adp is not a rankings list right it's no it's where the most aggressive person in each room would take a player. And it sometimes it turns out to be a ranking, but if if you were to go into a draft and ask everybody to rank the entire population and then average it, it would be different than the ADP. You know, if a guy, if one player likes a particular person and he takes him to 75th pick, his ranking could have been like 90th. Right, if you add up the fifteen rankings, but his ADP is seventy-five because one person in each in that room, or you know, one person in each room is ahead of the field on that particular player. Our list is more representative of rankings list again, though. I wish there were more than four to make it, you know, to how to, to differ it from an ADP. But I, it, it's to me, it's it, it gives a, a little different of a view. To me, it's it's uh, you, you use our list in conjunction with an ADP to try to figure out the optimal position to draft somebody. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. And, you know, when you're in the article, they have their rank, but then they, you can also see, of course, each of the individual ranks. So kind of gives a quick, just at a glance, look at the kind of spread of, of where we see a player. And uh, of course you can 
decide on your own where you where you think they they should be, but give you a, a sense of where us for uh, quote unquote experts uh, see the player among the player universe. Todd mentioned that you're kind of out on a limb on some guys, the island of relevancy, I guess you could call it. I noticed that Acuna, just right at the, the jump, at the very top of the roundtable, by the way, rotowire.com slash free to check out the roundtable on us for 10 days and the rest of what we have to offer. Uh, notice you're way low on Acuna, and I, I saw you tweeting about him recently too, and you're down at 16, just uh, – in a nutshell, what's what's the case against Ronald Acuna coming into 2023? Um, to, to me, too much has to go right for me to take him over some of the more stable and very productive players. We need to see durability. We haven't we haven't seen that yet. Forget you know not just the surgery, but in general. Acuna ran early last year, ran a lot, but didn't he got hurt? He hurt. He hurt. Got hurt after running. Will his running be curtailed? Any? He needs the volume. He needs the home runs, and he needs the stolen bases because he's not going to hit for the same average that a lot of the players ahead of him are going to hit for. Does he have, is there a plausible path to making me look even dumber than I look and having me the number one player? Abso-freaking-lutely. But to me, too much has to go right. I'm looking at this list, and part of it is, if I'm looking, you know, part of it is numerical, but part of it is, if I have to, if I'm up on the board, at what point would I say, you know what, I'm going to take Acuna over who's left and I don't know that it's a coincidence that it was the first pick in the second round in a 15-team draft. But, you know, those, you know who, who am I going to not take over him? And they're just, to me, there just wasn't anybody. And sometimes you're going to be willing to be wrong. And the poll that I posted, I'm definitely in the minority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it, it just, I mean, I, I don't. Still, he has to run, has to be healthy, and he has to hit for a decent average. That's a lot of ifs. And he's, you know, people saying, well, it's another year off of the injury. Well, he still got a little bit dinged up last year, too. So, um, just there's too much to be concerned about. Well, that's why this exercise is so helpful because all the rest of us, the other three, have him top five. Yeah. I have him three. Uh, Eric Holtzman's the high man at, at two on Acuna. He's been going number one in some yeah. drafts. And, and I, I, I'm, uh, that's there, there. Like I said, there is a clear pathway, and um, I mean, uh, it's kind of a uh, a harbinger of the show tomorrow with Eric Halterman on MLB Network Radio. We're going to talk a little bit about draft strategy in that. In uh, our friend Derek Van Riper's this way too. He talks to me about it when we do teams together. Uh, they they like to draft for what could go right. Too often, I fall into the trap of being afraid of what can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I'm at with Acuna is uh, Chris Liss was another what can go right drafter. You are as well. I th- you, you, you balance it as does Eric Halterman with, you know, with some stability kind of implying Chris doesn't, but uh, anyway, uh, 
but I, I, I think to me, there, I'll take my chances later, but I'm not going to pass on Manny Machado, on Freddie Freeman. I'm not going to pass on Mookie Betts to take the chance of a Ronald Acuna. Hmm. Well, I think that's, uh, well, I disagree, you know, clearly right. when you look at the round table, but that's why this is so helpful. We need those dissenting opinions and you have, your approach has proven highly successful. You're a hall of famer for goodness sake. And not, a TGFBI not for, not for playing. Not, I'm not a homer. I'm a hall of famer for other reasons. Well, but, uh, but you did win the overall in the, you know, in TGFBI, you're a good player. And I've, yeah, I, I wish I was a better player, but don't we all? Yeah, but I'm just saying your approach has proven successful. And so, yeah, while we disagree, it's I like to hear that other side of the coin because, hey, you could very well be right. And us three that are kind of in with the group may, may be wrong there. Another Atlanta player I saw, I actually had three on the docket here to discuss right away with the roundtable. Spencer Strider, uh, I'm having 27 Haltman 28, Jeff 32, and then you're down at 64. So another Atlanta player that you're lower on than most. Uh, I imagine you just need to see it again, essentially. Part of it is see it again. Part of it is I'm a little bit lower on pitching in general. So that's part of it, but not all of it. Um, you know, that that's 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 too, you know, there, there's more to it than that. Yeah, I, I need this. Not only do I need to see it again, to me, I don't know that he's going to get the innings needed to warrant where you guys have him ranked. Now, the core, not the corollary, but the 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 yabat to that is, even with just over 130 innings, the dude fanned 202 batters last year. So it's not going to be because of a lack of strikeouts. Um, it just the, the the ratios just won't be an influence over as many innings. I just, yeah, I think I'm not, I just, I can't project him for the number of innings he needs to get the rankings where you guys all have him. And that's even considering that innings are more bunched than ever, that, that no one's getting the, deli- the the separation in innings just isn't there in general now, but um, yep. Willing to be wrong. Yeah, that's one that's just so appealing because of those strikeouts. But, you know, we talk about reliever volatility. All pitchers have a great deal of volatility. And doing it once is a completely different thing than doing it year after year after year. We just we haven't seen Strider do that. So we have him as the one. To the, I just can't I just can't buy this. We have him as the fourth overall pitcher. I just that that's. That's too much. That's too high for me. The fourth best pitcher in the major leagues, the entire major leagues, and he hasn't even thrown 135 career innings. I can't do that. Yeah, I think I'm maybe. Well, I think I'm the high man on him, but I, that isn't my projection. But regardless, I I'm excited about him, but I, I get where you're coming from in that. Man, we just have not seen it, and there are so many proven commodities on the board, especially yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. We've seen it. We've seen it, but we've only seen it for two-thirds of a season. That's yeah. It. Just remember, though, he was not in the rotation to start. When he did get in that rotation, yeah, he was right. just off yeah. the cards. 
Great. Well, I want to get to that last Atlanta player, uh, but real quick, we will pause briefly to throw to a brief word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And now we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clayling here with Todd Zola. First full week of our five days a week podcast schedule. Hope you are ready for some fantasy baseball like we all are. And uh, we'll be getting you geared up about two months away, Todd, before opening day. We got we got a while yet, but uh, 
time to really crack down on the studies here and, mm-hmm. you know, turn over as many rocks as we can heading into opening day. I mentioned the two Atlanta players that you are lower on than the pack, but what about Vaughn Grissom? You are, I mean, to say you're the high man on Grissom might be kind of selling it short a little bit, under, a little bit of an understatement. You have him 72. The next highest guy is 143. So it sounds like Vaughn Grissom of Atlanta will be on every one of your teams this year, Tom. I don't know about that. I thought you were going to go Olsen because I was higher on Olsen. Uh, but it's oh. not, I mean, it's, it's, I think that's, you know, that's, that's, it's not as You're a little higher on Olsen, but not as much as. No, yeah, right, right. No, I kind of forgot about, it. I think it's just, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a spreadsheet driven, but some decisions are subjective. And I think the subjective decision I'm making with Vaughn Grissom is twofold is first, I think he's going to play and play a lot. And second, and this isn't as big of a deal, but I think he sees the second hole, the top of the order uh, against left-handed pitching, which is going to add a few plate appearances. I think we pro- I think by a slash line, if we were to ask the four of us for a slash line, I'll bet we're pretty close. But I'll bet you I have, you know, if then we ask how many games or plate appearances, I'll bet I have 20 more games, 80 to 100 more plate appearances. I just, I, I, I don't. Atlanta has not made a move. Well, now they they you know they, they were unable or unwilling, whatever you want to say. And I like the fact that Ron Washington is his tutor. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is you know a little bit more of a you know art than science Zola than than we're used to. But I I like Art Washington as his infield coach for the transition to shortstop. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like what I saw from Grissom last year and has that starting spot to himself. But, yeah, maybe I just need to dive back in and um, reconcile a few things. Well, I th- I think we're going to – once spring training rolls around and it's a 1,000% sure that he's the starter, then I think you guys will creep closer to me. Whereas if there's some question, I'll waddle closer to you guys. Hmm. I hear you. Well, another guy along with Grissom that you seem to be, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but kind of all in on Anthony Santander of the Baltimore Orioles. I thought I liked Santander, but turns out I'm the low man at uh, 136. You have him all the way up at 84. So, you know, it was kind of a breakout from Santander, even with the park changes last year. And uh, as we'll talk about a little bit later, the outfield is getting a little hairy. So, yeah, I feel like this is one where I may end up settling a little closer to the to your rank here with Santander. I think with Santander, I think the ex- – I can look it up as we're speaking. You kind of alluded to it. I think that the expected numbers were higher for him. So in my that's factored into my evaluation. And I think that the top of the Orioles order is going to produce some runs. So my runs in RBI are pretty healthy. And sometimes those go, I don't want to say ignored, but a spreadsheet catches those where sometimes other things don't. Whereas the spreadsheet, though, will miss 
thing, you know, we'll miss subjective things like I just talked about. We'll miss Ron Washington. So there's advantages and disadvantages. Um, and I, I like, I like steadiness. I like stability. You kind of mentioned how outfield is not as deep as we one may perceive. To me, Santander, I don't know that I want to. I'm taking a chance on Michael Harris, but I, I kind of, I want, I want my, I want outfield to be kind of foundational, set in stone. Not have to worry about replacing him. I draft Santander. He's not going to win me the league, but I'm not going to be looking for a replacement either. Yeah, I've the more drafts I do, I've felt the need to prioritize outfielders even more because it gets to a certain point in the draft where you're sacrificing quite a bit of value just to start loading up on some outfielders. And I'd rather just get yeah. them early and then multiple know, eligibility bargains late. Yeah, with, with multiple eligibility, there's a lot of outfield eligible that others are going to have at, at, at second and third and first so it you know i'm sure we'll have more shows centered around the pool etc but outfield does thin faster than you expect and further since this is draft and hold season nfbc draft championships the reserve outfielders are even cruddier than than, i mean who do you a lot of that's just because we're not sure who's going to play yet but the reserve outfielders, I mean, I'm usually I can David Peralta, Robbie Grossman, Cole Calhoun. I could grab all these guys. Now, I don't know who my my David Peralta is. Who is my left-handed? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna play, you know, 130 games and be okay, but I know he's gonna play. I'm not sure who that is for me this year. Yeah, I was thinking about taking David Peralta in the in that Arizona Fall League speakers draft that we did. I was like, oh, he's still a free agent. Wow, I'm surprised, great. I'm surprised nobody's scooped him up yet. Will he sign? And so at this point, will he sign as a platoon player and get 130 games? Or is it too late and he's going to be a backup? Although in the Arizona Fall League, you're just looking for him in, in well, the, the, the first pitch speakers league, any draft championship. You're just looking for that three-week period where someone else is hurt and he's a starter. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't care. You know, you want a stretch of games where you can use him. Uh, that could still occur whether he's a starter or not. And an injury could open up some playing time. Yeah. Oh, man. David Peralta would make the Reds a better team, but I guess they probably you just would make want to spend the money team. and want to get a look at the younger guys. What are you, you going to say? I said you would make the Reds a better team. You know what? The, the Reds have actually signed a couple people lately. Haven't they? I think the Reds have. Well, they got Myers and running like, Chad Pinder on a minor league. Game. Yeah, so they've at least they filled in the blanks a little bit. Um, nothing. I'm, I'm sure, just kind of like on, on a different level, is what the Red Sox have done. Team I follow, but they've both teams have filled in their spots. You know, and 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 at least it's not quite as ugly as it may have looked previously. Well, we got. Quite a bit more to get to with the roundtable, but mm. briefly, I will bring you a quick word from our one of our sponsors, Underdog. The fantasy baseball season is underway, and there's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB best ball tournaments live, including the Dinger, 
which has $500,000 in total prizes. In best ball, all you do is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to Roto, uh, sorry, go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with promo code RWMLB, and not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to 100 bucks, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. And we'll talk a little bit more about Underdog here a little bit later in the show. Uh, just dipping my toes in. First four drafts on Underdog I've just completed in the last couple days and uh, having fun with that format. So we'll, we'll get into that format here in a bit. But Todd, back to the roundtable. I noticed as I was making my way down the list, seems like you were kind of lower on catchers than the rest. You said you're kind of a little bit lower on pitchers than the rest too, but you know, the Wilson Contreras's Alejandro Kirks, I noticed that you're lagging behind quite a bit. So is that, is that just a strategy thing where you're not, you're not willing to invest what it costs to get catchers, at, especially at the top end? I don't, I'm not sure it's so much not well. I don't think it's necessary. I think the catch, the, the back end of the pool is still terrible. So yeah. I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to wait to the end, but you can get a decent catcher later in the draft than in previous seasons. I don't think you need to rush to get someone who you don't have to hold your nose. Um, I'll, I'll use Christian Vasquez as the example who no one loves him, but I don't think you know, you're not upset. He used to be like the 11th or 12th catcher. And now he's like the 18th or 19th. So to me, that's a lot, you know, and to get the same numbers, I don't think there's numbers in Minnesota or any different expectations than his numbers in Boston. So that's to me, you don't need to rush to get one of the top catchers. Uh, and therefore I'm not going to, you know, we, we, I'm doing the positional review with Eric Halterman on MLB on Saturdays. All right, you have to get yourself a, a, a top second baseman because there just aren't that many. You have to get yourself a top third base. You have to get yourself a third. You can't get a top of every position. And I'm not going to, you know, I, I want some of these other positions. I'm not getting a top catcher. Now, you talked about best ball. That's different. Um, unfortunately, underdog, which you talked about, catchers are part of the infield, but that's you know in, in a in a in a different kind of a best ball league where catchers are their own position. I'm all over them, but that's not what we were ranking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of funny because while you're taking that approach, I've actually kind of swung around and started to prioritize catchers a little bit more because, man, I've just found it in the past that. If you want to build the best team, it's really kind of hard to do that when you have two crappy catchers. <laughs> it's I'm not it's really get, hard to have the best 23 when you have two dead spots. I'm not getting I'm not drafting crappy catchers, I don't think anyway. In our in our, in our in our uh first pitch Arizona League, which we kind of alluded to. Well, actually, no, I'm looking at the Rotowire. I'm in a road a roto junkie, sorry, roto junkie staff league. Where my it's a it's a concurrent uh, draft championships. I've got MJ Melendez and Christian Vasquez 
than Aaron Nola. I can I can check out who I have in the uh, you know in 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 our draft and hold. But I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not in the top five. I'm I'm looking in that six to twelve range to get at least one, if not two. And I I can eyeball the list. I'm going to bet in the six to twelve range. I'm a lot closer than the, to the field than I am early on. In that first pitch, Arizona speakers draft, I took Dalton Varsho in the third, and then Alejandro Kirk. You know, several rounds later, so I was I paid up, and while I admit, like my middle infield, my corner, my util, kind of lagging. Uh, I think I can lacking. Um, I think I can funnel guys in there through the bench to where I can get decent production, but I just I didn't see that path with with the catchers. It's just right. No, I see. Really ugly at a certain point. So so all right. So looking at it, um once we so Tyler Stevenson, I'm well ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I mean he, he's like the number seven or eight guy. Uh Jansen, I'm with everybody. Um I'm behind on Raleigh, but I'm ahead of everybody on Ruiz. I'm ahead of everybody on Moreno. Uh, I'm with everybody on Darno. Um, so there are catchers within this realm that I'm equal to, if not ahead of our rankings. So I will be, I will get them. I'm just, I'm not expending what it takes to get one of the top guys. I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, I've kind of pivoted and go in the opposite direction, but who knows? I... Yeah, Adley Rushman in particular. I I know, he, you know, he's one of those guys that's like a a hot hot button topic because you know you just you, those that you if you like Rushman you really you know you love him. So to say that he's going to miss even one game, you could be canceled on Twitter. You know, let alone you're, saying you're he's going to miss low on Rushman, right? Oh, I'm the very low. Well, yeah, relatively well, low. Right? 127. That's I mean, 127 is what? A lot that's, lower that's, than... that's eighth or ninth round. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good for a catcher that hasn't played a full season. So, but um, yeah, I yeah. am 51, but I, I think I'm going to lower him because as much as I am prioritizing catchers a bit more, I, you know, if I get a VAR show, I probably won't go Rutschman again a couple rounds. And later. I know I'm trying to remember who the backup is. Was it McCann? Who did it, was it McCann? That yeah, brought they in? brought in Mc, James. And, McCann. And I know you know the the counter argument is well, Rutschman can play you know defense, uh, defense, first base or DH. I I still think that having McCann as the backup is going to cost him a few at bats. And I'm going to do a I'm going to do a piece. I'm in process of doing a piece now for the site, a Z Files that shows in formulaic rankings how much. 10 or 15 plate appearances can matter, which is one reason why you need to get away from formulaic rankings because you really want to draft a guy over another guy, a lesser guy over a better guy because you feel one guy may miss a weekend by getting hit, you know, on the net ankle by a pitch or whatever. So, you know, you don't you want the better skills like Steamer 600 shows? Uh, that's going to be the point of the piece. But um, I just I can't see Rutschman getting the level of playing time that some feel he's going to get. The beauty of 15 team leagues and you know, 14 active hitters, nine active pitchers is that when you're doing a draft, you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere. And in the past I have sacrificed a catcher 
I'm going to have to sacrifice elsewhere this year, but I, I just think, and I, have, I stand a better chance to to build the best team one through twenty three with a couple good catchers, rather than uh, man, who are some of the catchers I saw get drafted at the end? Like, well, the again, the know. end is the end. It's terrible, really terrible. Guy. And you're 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 mentioning uh, the reason you're talking about is exactly in best ball why I want the catchers because there's a better chance of my reserve infielders and outfielders having a wonderful week and jumping over my air quote starting second baseman or whatever than there is in my backup catcher. I want to draft my catcher spots. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I want to draft Riamuto because he's going to be great every week, and I, I know he's going to you know put give me the money's worth. But I don't know. I'm going to draft enough second baseman, shortstop, and third baseman that the third one I draft is, is going to make my lineup, you know, a few weeks a year. So I'm with you as far as that exact theory when it comes to best ball. Yeah, it got to a point in that draft where, you know, people were drafting Eric Haas, the Eric Haas. I don't mind right now. Right now I don't mind Haas because he's going to play. But would it be shocking if Detroit, you know, uh, you know, signed some – I don't even know who's available at this point. I could, I could check it out. Um, do I have my gridding? I don't have my playing time grid available, but you know, there's still a couple catchers out there, but right now, Eric Haas is going to play. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying he's to me, he's not a scrub. He's the the tier above hundred and kill you though. But yeah, he will, he should play. I just, you know, there's a guy playing, not all, not always a great thing (laughs) because he could, really sink you over 450 plate appearance. No, yeah, no, that's that's true. That's very true. Like yes, money Grandal did last year. Mm. Um all right. Well I noticed a big split on a certain reliever, so I thought we'd touch on him, Mr. Yoan Duran. Now you're throwing cold water on Duran. Maybe I'm wish casting here a little bit uh, quite a bit. I have him inside my top one hundred. Uh, this may be another like Jonathan Loisaga situation where I'm just really hoping this talented reliever gets the job. But I just don't see anybody else in Minnesota that really stands a chance. It feels like, I guess Jorge Lopez grabbed some saves too. And Duran never really took full hold of the job last year. But it feels to me like a foregone conclusion that Duran's going to be the closer for this Twins team. You're not so sure. No, I. You mentioned the man. I've got Lopez, and I. I you just, got Lopez as the primary closer, right? Well, I have him with like a sixty percent chance, and Lopez a thirty-five percent chance. Which, right, you know, I, who knows what that's going to translate to? And maybe I change that later on down the line if it looks to be like you, like Duran's going to get the job. But I think that I think Lopez showed enough, and he's he's once he's been converted to the bullpen. He's done a pretty nice job, and I think Minnesota is going to want to try to compete. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I just think that they're going to be the want to go with the go with the veteran sort of deal, even though it's not <laughs> a proven closer necessarily. So, you know, this is it's it's a whole lot less about skills and. And, and BABIP and all that stuff as it is just kind of a speculative feel 
for who's going to close. I mean, Lopez snagged 23 saves last year. A lot of those were the Orioles, though, right? Yeah, 19 of those were with the Orioles. Right. Um, and he really struggled with walks down the stretch with Minnesota. 14 yeah. walks and 22 and two-thirds. I think part of it, too, might be that if you just if you just take his ERAs in a vacuum and project out his ratios, they're terrible because he was terrible as a starter. I think I tried to extrapolate his reliever numbers from that, which gives you less of a sample, and then convert some of the starters' numbers using the rule of 17 where your, your skills are 17% better as a reliever to try to extrapolate what he may do as a reliever. And that just came out to be very, very favorable. And Duran still has got that arm, you know, but isn't, you know, he, his skills, his skills are too sketchy too. So um, maybe, I mean, at the price, I would much rather get Lopez at the price. And there's other closers I would rather have than Duran at his price. Now, I, I mentioned the walks. Duran got things under control last year, didn't he? Yeah, he was dominant. And even Carlos Correa was like, this guy's going to be an all Yeah, world. I may so, have to reevaluate re this one. There's two reasons why. We're going to be updating these rankings every couple of weeks. Obviously, moves. We all can't wait for Elvis Andrews to sign so we can jump him up. But I think we're all going to be reevaluating our outliers, good and bad. Mm -hmm. And as we do more drafts, you know, battle testing our rankings, giving a, you know, an honest appraisal of some of our numbers. And we're doing an injustice if we don't. I'm not going to change him just because everybody else did. But if you guys open my eyes and I'd say, you know what? Duran's control is better. I need to lower his walk rate. I owe it to the readers to do that and not, and not, you know, be stubborn about it. Well, Lopez, as, as I mentioned, had some issues with walks after coming over and his numbers, yeah, with Minnesota were not so great. One, six, three whip. Yeah. I, four, three, seven yard. But I mean, how much does that really matter? To me, it's a, it's a small sample. I look, mm -hmm. I, I looked at that as a whole, and not yeah. with Minnesota. Um, but anyway, cool. yeah. I mean, you, I think I was probably discounting the chances of Jorge Lopez closing a little too much. I think you make a good point that if at the know, very not least, so, not so cut and dry. At the very least, I'm going to bring it to fifty fifty, mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm, I'm going to reevaluate Duran's uh, control because he did. He did seem, you know, well, one thing I'm going to do is we talk a lot about swinging strike rate and how it correlates with strikeout percent. Your, your, your ball percent also correlates with your, your, your walks. So I'm going to see if, you know, did he air quote, get lucky with the walks? Did, did he throw, did he throw more strikes and therefore he got fewer walks or is just a matter of timing that he ended up walking fewer? So that, this is baked into my projections, so I don't know for sure. But if nothing else, over this hour, Clay, you've Duran is on my checklist as far as reevaluating. Well, and he's on mine too now because I, again, I kind of maybe discounted the chances for Lopez. And I mean, it's kind of anecdotal, but how many times do we see teams 
throw their best reliever in the seventh and eighth. And maybe whether it's through, you know, cost control and arbitration or just because they feel like that gives them the best chance to win. It's, it's not yeah. always the best reliever who gets the closer yeah. job. I'm not quite addled yet, but I'm, my memory is fading. Who Minnesota's manager at this point? Is it, is it, um, Rock, uh, Rocco Baldelli. All right. I was thinking catcher. So, yeah, you know, he is – He can, you can see him going that best, you know, in that matchup route, you know? Yeah, you could. You could – and I don't know – we're talking a little about the Minnesota bullpen. They don't have a whole lot else out there. Right, yeah. Field you know, bar isn't bad. Emilio Pagan. But they all have – they all have warts. But maybe a case can be made that, yeah, they're, you know, Johan Duran is best utilized as a fireman to, to put out the fires in the seventh and eighth. Maybe. 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 So, yeah, maybe I got a little carried away on that, on that maybe. particular ranks, but this is why this is uh, such yeah. a good exercise. Well, I have more I want to throw by uh, in regards to the round table, but we're going to shift our gears here a little bit. We will get into the underdog best ball portion of the program here today underdog i mentioned earlier i'm just dipping my toes in on underdog having a lot of fun use promo code rwmlb by the way mentioned that earlier but uh definitely use that promo code rwmlb we will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks and uh you get that free six month rotowire subscription todd i was you know, I'm a big season-long guy, but I feel like I've seen the future a little bit with this underdog format. Three outfielders, three infielders, uh, three pitchers, one util. So you don't have to worry about catchers. You don't have to worry about relief pitchers. Well, I mean, catchers, catchers are believer infielders. Yeah. yeah, so you do have to think about catchers, but you don't have to worry about filling catcher spots. Right, right. Um, and you don't have to – obviously, this is best ball, so you don't have to worry about, um, you know – competing in the steals category steals are worth a good chunk of points right so you, it's nice to get some steals uh, but you don't need to compete in the category so it really is a lot different than um your standard roto season-long league it's a lot of fun one thing i noticed right off the jump outfielder madness todd absolutely crazy i think the first seven or eight guys by adp are outfielders in best ball underdog best ball and you know, the first few drafts I did, I kind of went infielder and pitcher heavy. But shortly thereafter, found out just how tough of a spot I'd be in with the outfield if I did that. Right. So I've only I've only signed up for one, and I'm you, you did them one sitting, bang them out, which is what I really want to do, and I will be doing. I'm only doing an eight hour draft, which is you know um, that's all they really had. So I've only had two picks so far. I did the rankings according to the way I do point rankings. And there were a couple outfielders. I mean, but I, mine were more balanced, at least my rankings. But I did find that the drafters went after outfielders pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because they, they realized that they're going to thin out pretty quickly. Um, what I'm going to do, and again, this is just, I'm just, what I see my likely strategy without having it being played out is I've got two infielders to start. I think I'm going to get a pitcher next. So I may have more outfielders in reserve relative to infielders so that I have a better chance of an outfielder or two 
popping that week and jumping into my top three. You know what I mean? So I, I may have weaker reserve infielders and saying, you know what? I drafted Matt Olson and I drafted who was my, my, Jose Ramirez. I, you know, these guys are my guys. I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not going to worry about backing them up, but my outfielders. So there's what, there's 10 starting lineup and then, you know, ten so, bench spots. and then 10 bench spots. So if I have, you know, I don't know, four pitchers and then I'll probably go four outfielders and two infielders. I'm just guessing right off the top. That's kind of, that's what I will do to try to make up for my early on uh, lack of quality of outfielders. I hear you. It is tough if you miss on some of those early. Like I was one of the first ones I did on underdog. I was picking at the, the uh, one, two turn. So at the wheel, Trey Turner was still there at 12. And I thought, man, I, I got to take Trey Turner. And I did. But it gets to a certain point in the draft where you're you're passing on some good pitchers, some good infielders to, to start filling those outfield spots. And I think it's, you know, you're sacrificing probably too much if you don't get at least, I don't know, three or four outfielders within the first 10 picks, honestly. Yeah, so well, the other thing I need to do is my program – considers the replacement level of infielders and outfielders to be the same. I need to reprogram it to adjust. And maybe that will push outfielders up my ranking. So I, I will do that. that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe that'll be my project tonight. Cause I get a spreadsheet where you plug in the point system and it ranks customized points. And that's where, you know, it came up fairly equally. What's, what's, what's going to be my conundrum. I've been kind of a, anti Dylan C guy as far as Roto goes, but he's bubbling to near the top of my points rankings. Hmm. And he's him and Aaron Nola. I've got five picks left and they're both really high up on my list. It's just not an outfielder anywhere close. So that's why I'm going to have to wait a third round, a third, another round for an outfielder. But I, you know, I may, I may be taking Dylan Cease after all my Roto, after all my Roto shade. He could be my first pitcher ever in underdog. Well, I, uh, you know, I am just dip, dipping my toes in, as I mentioned. The I am brave, too. Brave yeah. new world for me. I'm really enjoying it, though. But, man, it, it just – all these infielders, especially with catchers getting lumped in, although Varsho, Dalton Varsho gets lumped in with the outfielders. But a guy like, you know, JT Realmuto is still sitting there. And, granted, you don't need to fill up – a catcher spot, but as an even as an infielder, guy who's going 20-20 playing every day, I think he's a great value. But if you don't have outfielders yet, you're going to be passing on guys like Real Muto, Jose Miranda, I mean, Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario. You're going to be passing a lot of good guys just to grab some outfielders. And I really, in my brief experience for drafts, I found it to be that outfield should be the number one priority. And that's how drafters with experience on underdog play. Right. Although I'll, I'll say that doesn't necessarily make it right. So that's true. The winner will probably be heavy infield. We shall see. I don't know. Um, I had, I had Jose Ramirez is my number one ranked player. And it wasn't even close by the numbers. By For my best ball. Yeah. But by, wow. by their scoring system. <laughs> and so I, I took him fifth and was happy with it. And then I did, you know, Olsen 
I wasn't looking for an infielder, but there wasn't any outfielders anywhere close. And I think I can get a pitcher next. So, you know, it, it, I, I'm hoping huh, that while everybody else is catching up on infield, I'm able to grab the outfielders that I need to at least be competitive. And I, I have kind of a disadvantage in that I'm, I'm going to complete probably three you know, sit and go drafts before I complete this one, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, jump in the dinger. I highly I'm, recommend it. Those are, uh, the four I've done have all been the dinger. Okay. I've done, you can knock it out in like an hour, hour and 10 minutes. Well, yeah. I, I mean, the thing, the, the difference is two different price, same idea, two different price yeah. ranges. So you're t- yours is like the $3. I'm in the $10 one. Um, and I think, you know, we're going to be talking about this every week. Um, my first blush is, you know, we talk, you know, I, you know, I, multiple teams. This is designed to draft multiple. It, it, it's designed to, I'm bored, 10 bucks, three bucks. I'm going to draft another team. I've done it in an hour. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's the business model. And I think if you do that, I think you need to think about how you could frame each team. You know, I, Differentiate where I'm going, a little where bit. I'm going at is, you can't, I don't think you can stack completely, but I think on each team, you can have like a three offensive players from the same team by design. And that it, it's not going to crush you if they face a tough pitcher in a particular week because you still have other players to backfill their spots. Mm-hmm. But the idea about stacking, it's the same in DFS. <clears throat> you for every, you know, for an event, you get points. For when a, when a teammate knocks in a teammate, for that one event, you get points on two different players. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 the number. You so you 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 know you need fewer events to get more points. So I I and I went through and well the top hundred. This team has six players. This team has five. I've identified the teams that I'm going to stack. And I'm not going to go into draft stacking. This team, I'm, this time I'm stacking Reds. I don't think I'm ever going to say that. But I drafted Matt Olson. I have the, the Braves down is one of my potential stacking teams. So later on, I will look to pick up two or three more Braves when they're at the top or near the top of my rankings, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I think I there'll you, be man. times I... where it may work out. Well, let me know how it goes if you go that infielder route early, because yeah, the the outfield options get get questionable in a hurry. Even like Yoshida, your new guy with the Red Sox, he's getting heavily uh, should, I mean, heavy helium over there. But that's going to do it for our. Yeah underdog best ball segment as todd mentioned we are going to be talking best ball underdog best ball specifically every friday on the show use promo code rwmlb they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks and you get that free six-month subscription to rotowire sorry to cut you off todd i just uh wanted to kind of wrap up that segment for the show um yeah a lot of fun over an underdog but let's transition back with the time we have left on the show we're already pushing up on an hour the uh, time we have left, let's transition back to the round table. And I just want to mention a guy that I'm lower on than most. And 
maybe the the case isn't so good, but Adelise Garcia is a guy that Todd, I just don't trust him yet. I know he's put together two solid years. I'm the only one who has him outside the top 100 on the round table. Rotowire.com slash free to get a free te- uh, free trial to check out this on us. Look, two years, two seasons is a short lifetime in Major League Baseball. But we saw this with Javier Baez. He was able to get away with it for a while, but eventually that pendulum is going to swing. 30% K rate for his career, 5.6% walk rate. I know he hits the ball hard and he's played a lot. But even in uh, 2021, when he had 31 homers, 16 bags, he was a shade under league average by WRC+. I'm still hesitant to buy in on Adolis Garcia. Yeah, I actually I wrote his site profile, so I'm, double, I'm kind of going through it, um, going through it here. The, the, I'm curious about bias because, to me, he had a bad 2020. It was a pandemic year, and he really stunk last year. I don't, if you throw out 2020, it very well be that last year was the aberration and it was the first year with a new team. And if he has a bounce back this year with the fences and everything else, uh, then, you know, then, then just that 2020 was the pandemic year and you ignore it. So he's kind of a, someone I'm watching this season. Um, Garcia, I mean, as I wrote, you know, I wrote, I wrote the site profile, you, you sign up for free, run to the Garcia profile. I like what I'm seeing, but my final sentence was the power speed combo was enticing, but chasing it is dicey. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, is that is that you know hee-hawing or whatever? Um, I like him. I, I trust that he's going to play play a lot. He struck out fewer times last season. Whether he maintains that 28% strikeout rate is huge or he reverts back to 31 in that range. Uh, I saw enough of an improvement that I'm willing to buy in. Again, chances early, or sorry, safety early, take a chances a little bit later. Maybe Garcia is where I'm willing to take a chance later. Okay. See, I just, I've been impressed by what he's done, but I'm just not a believer yet. He's a late bloomer too. He's, uh, going to yeah. be 30, actually, by the time opening day rolls around. I uh, I see the chase rate. He likes to go fishing quite a bit. Uh, chase rate and whiff rate, both in the bottom 10 percentile of the league. And, you know, I'm not trying to get too much in the weeds with it, uh, like I did Jose Ramirez a few years ago. But breaking balls, 199 average. According to Stackhouse, he overperformed, overperformed on off speed. So I'm not really sure he can – hit anything but a fastball maybe or yeah, the other hand you get better um i do like the the durability too uh he has cleared 600 plate appearances the last two years right i like that there's no one else his defense declined so yeah i'm um, actually i don't remember where all right so where do i have him relative to everybody else on the uh so at least i have him 103 jeff has him 60 you have him 46 and then yeah uh, I, Actually, I, no, you have him – yeah, you have him 46. Eric has him 50. Yeah, I felt – it kind of goes against my comment, don't chase. First pick in the fourth round kind of feels like I'm chasing him. You know, I don't know what his ADP is mm-hmm. uh, to know if I actually am chasing him. 
But um, look at his uh, NFBC ADP. I bet it's lower just because people are taking pitching where I'm not. So it may be one of the cases where I don't have to take him at 46. I can take him in the next round. So NFBC ADP is 59.2, yeah. uh, player rank 56 by ADP. Yeah, so I could play chicken with him and, you know, because that's, you know, 10 pitchers drafted ahead of, you know, ahead of, uh, ahead of my rankings, and there are those 10 spots. Um, so, you know what? It's probably, we're probably, it's probably in the middle of the two of us, which is kind of always the case. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I am. Um, I'm not going to, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to back off where I'm going, you know, with, with Garcia. I, 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 I've actually looked at it enough because I knew I was ahead of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to back off it. And I still think chase the, the comment about chasing it is dicey. I, I, I still think it's a worth, even though it may not match up with my personal numbers. I think it matches up pretty well with, um, uh, my overall uh, approach. Now, looking at Jeff's projection, interesting that he has a drop in steals. Again, oh, this is, mean. yeah, he has seven fewer than last year. This is completely subjective, and we're all in, in our own boat about it. Is man, 25 steals isn't that's like that range where he could steal more. So maybe, maybe his sprint speed was kind of modest, only 66 yeah. percentile. So maybe that's where I have it as well, because I think that's in the range where I have him improving a little bit with steals. I'm checking to see how many bats Jeff. You see, Jeff only has them for 129 games. Hmm. So, um, and Texas has made a couple signings that you know could 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 threaten the playing time. Yeah, especially bit. if he slumps, I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Got to be no room for yeah. battling through it on yeah. that team this year. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I that's that's why a little bit lower. You add in some more games, and it gets a lot closer. Yeah, I'm not on the Edo Lease train this year. It was okay. it was fun, and you know, I still think he's a pretty good player, but I think people may be a little disappointed with the sticker price. I think it's real gen- quick. Okay. Sorry, Todd. Do you mind if I put you on pause for one second? Go one last it. brief word from uh, our sponsor, Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper redraft and best ball leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes it easy. That's what I always hear from people who have migrated to Fantrax, how great the transition was, how smooth it was. And you can indeed import from really anywhere. All your current leagues can be imported and customized if needed. That's uh, And if you're fed up with your commission service, and believe me, I'm fed up with several, um, the, the transition to Fantrax can be a breeze for your league. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. If you need a customizable commissioner service for fantasy, Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform waivers, scoring system, schedule, whatever you need. And it's all free. Sign up free today and you could be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from my guy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X 
com slash rotowire fantrax the home of fantasy sports did you have something you wanted to say before i cut you off todd or were you well real quick i was just gonna i mean we've, we've become we've gone down the line of we were, we were speaking about some plate discipline where we have to kind of loosen up our our personal filters as far as walks and strikeouts go mm-hmm. i wonder if we have to go back in the other direction with the with the shift and people putting the ball in play, I guess what I'm, you know Garcia, he may be a guy where that you know that, that that relative to the field, if everybody else's batting average is getting better, his may not get better, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it just it's kind of an argument on your side of the uh, equation. Yeah, I, um, he'll be maybe a hot hot button guy because. His draft cost is soared, obviously, and it's those uh, steals. It's the plate discipline just leaves him open, I think, to too much variability, and I think it's, yep. he's susceptible to some. Slums. Well, that's the thing: is thirty-one strikeout, twenty-seven percent strikeout, is the next number twenty-three, right? Yeah. Does yeah. it keep going down, or does it find its it, back up to over? Does 30. it go back up? Right. Does it go yeah. back in the middle? So it just we 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 never know. Projection theory says the you know when it's when it's you know three two one, the it, the next number isn't always zero. It's usually something closer to two. Yeah, I just with those kind of plate skills, I have any I have trouble taking anybody. Yeah, with that kind of plate management, you know, up near fifty, just leaves open too much downside risk for me. Now, as I say that downside risk, I actually have Chris Sale. I'm the high man on Sale. <laughs> 118. Um, you're the low man at 186. It's kind of funny because I've been low on sale for years, but now I'm suddenly the high man. He is throwing off a mount, had that bicycling accident. I uh, ended up with him in several of the underdog leagues I did. And it just feels like maybe it's it's time to get back in on sale, but you're not so sure. Uh, man, I um. With the way I approach pit and people, you know, with the way I approach pitching, I wait for a little bit. So some people think, well, you may need to take chances. I think because I'm waiting, I can't be, you know, I can't take chances. I need to be right. So I don't, I don't know. Um, it's odd. You, you mentioned under guy, you know, in a best ball, I'm probably least likely to take sale hmm. just because it, it, with no replacements. You know, I may be, you know, I may be down 5% on my roster and, you know, and only be working with 95% of a roster that everybody else has 100%. So it's it's kind of weird. Um, how many innings are we going to get? You know, I don't know. So um, I just, I don't. A ton of injuries in recent years. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just, at the price, I want him, I want Sale when I can, when I can stream him, never thought you'd say that about Chris sale. And I don't know where he's, I'm not sure where he's going. And for me, that means he has to be the 46, seven, you know, around pitcher 50 around starting pitcher 50 off the board to a point where I'm comfortable. And I don't think he's making it that far. Maybe he is. I don't know. ADP on NFBC is 168. So I think I'll probably end up with sale. In a lot of leagues, especially if things check out early in the spring, he's grown free. I hope you're right, my friend. Man, I hope you're right. Yeah, I just, (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, it could be, it could blow up in my face, certainly. But the fact that he's already thrown off a mound, it was the, the bicycling accident last year that was in, what, August, early August. So he's had a while to recover. We'll see. I just, I like him. And another guy I got to just probably lower in uh, my next update here is Andres Munoz, kind of similar to Johan Duran in that I might just be wish casting here and definitely no lock that he is uh, the full-time closer or even the primary closer with Seawald there. But I just love the skills. It may be uh, just me hope too hopeful, though. I don't know. I, I'm with you on this one. Now, I, I my ranking may not reflect any time you're in a draft, you're going to throw your, you know, your rankings are relative to what the room is doing. Yeah. So, but, but Munoz is a guy that I am, when I, when I'm drafting closers, he is someone I'm looking at in a big way because I can use him regardless. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance that he becomes the guy. So I'm, I'm with, I don't know where we rank according to the, I could look up where we rank according to the round table, but I am at least theoretically in lockstep with you on Munoz, like with words, whether or not I showed it with my number, I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah, I just think you're right that it's all relative. And once like the Clay Holmes of the world are off the board, I have him like 114. I think it's not a bad gamble, especially because yeah. you look at how he projects by the numbers and hell, man, want- you just leave him in. Even if he's not getting a ton of saves, he could be a net positive. I may need, I may do this for Z files, depending on how much work it is and how much I'm going to put it into use. I wonder if I, if I re, if I redo my rankings specifically for an NFBC league. You know what I mean? Because I think they're different. Because I know an NFBC league pitchers are going to go here, relievers are going to go here, catchers are going to go here. So in order for me to put together a team which I feel will be competitive, I can't draft off this list that I put in the round table. It won't work. I won't, you know, so. Well, if you use common sense with, you know. with Well, yeah, but I want, yeah, but yes, but I'm talking, so for maybe a nice piece to put common sense on paper and come up with, you know, this is, this is closer to what my list would be if it were an NFBC league. So I don't know, maybe, maybe maybe it's too particular and we don't, you know, we we need to, you know, we got to focus on more than NFBC. But, you know, well, that's an, why we balance these out. You right. Know, no, exactly. More but uh, yeah, well, I guess what I'm saying is if, if you, you know, if, if my my either real list or, you know, common sense list that were in my head list for NFBC League is different. Well, I'm proud to say that I am the low man on Alberto Mondesi. Don't draft him. <laughs> um, I mean, we could talk about this all day, but you know, probably well, to, we're going to get to talk about it. Um, in a week, I think we're going to be talking about it on MLB Network, MLB Network Radio. Oh, yeah. You and I are having like a little bit of a reunion show. Yeah. Next week on MLB Network. Talking to Eric, the uh, the away, what we decided was uh, we'll continue with our positional when he gets back and yeah. freeing us up to do whatever we want. And I thought the roundtable would be cool. Uh, I'm serious. Yeah. There will be more roundtables than ever this year. We'll be... Yeah, updating those pretty regularly, more regularly than we have in the past. So hopefully you enjoy those. Anything else on your mind, Todd, before we sign off for the day? Oh, there's so much on my mind. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of alluded to it on the uh, radio with Eric tomorrow, uh, Sirius XM, LBB Network Radio. We'll both be getting back to our 
regular routines on the Fantasy Channel coming soon enough. But um, yeah, glad to be back with you, Clay, and uh, getting the old gangs back together. I saw Jeff and Scott were nominated for a, uh, an award, so we weren't going to break them up. Yeah, congrats you know. to those guys. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, looking forward to it. And yeah, hopefully we'll think of something to talk about before we get back into the two-star pitchers. Yeah, I think we might have a few things to touch on in the weeks and months ahead. Well, always great to pick your brain, Todd. Uh, Really appreciate you taking the time. And thank you all for listening. We are sponsored by Fantrax and Underdog Fantasy. We'll be back next week, five days a week through the end of the season. Well, we won't be back five. Well, we won't be back. The Rotowire pod will be back five days a week. We'll be back every Friday. And, uh, yeah, it should be a fun journey through the fantasy baseball season. Take care, and we'll see you next time on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast.